0: Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, episode 26. You're someone who launches personal projects to improve your task management. You've made a number of changes in the past, but you haven't seen the impact that you wanted from each effort, from each improvement effort. Is there something going on that you cannot see? Are there some changes that are more fruitful than others? After all... You know a thing or two about systematic change that seemingly small improvements can yield disproportionate breakthrough results. It applies to other areas of life, right? But how about your task management? How does it apply there? Tune into this episode to hear from me and my special guest, Daniel Bailey, as we tackle this challenging problem together. I'm Francis Wade, and welcome to the task management and time blocking podcast. And welcome back. And as you can see, I've gotten Daniel Bailey um, to join me as I promised. And before I introduce her, just a moment, let me just tell you a couple of things about our podcast, why it's different. And then I'm going to tell you a story. So this podcast is a bit different from the normal ones, the normal ones, the regular ones, the everyday ones. Why? Because we don't really do interviews per se. We engage in problem-solving sessions. So what we're going to do is tackle this problem that I mentioned before, the one of figuring out which improvements to make and how to figure out which improvements are the best ones to make. Two of us are going to tackle that problem in three steps. Step one, we're going to tear it apart. Big time diagnosis, and step two, we're gonna uh, talk about solutions, and step three, we're gonna talk about implementation. Now, why do we emphasize this whole business of diagnosis? Well, it's because a very smart guy said, "If I had, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend fifty-five minutes thinking about the problem, and five minutes thinking about solutions." Albert Einstein said that. So we're taking a bit of an uh, leaf out of Einstein's notebook, spending most of our time actually diagnosing the problem. Um, and if you're new to our program, you may know, you may not know that we employ a, bull, a, be, a bell and a buzzer. <laughs> so what, what is, what's that all about? Well, part of why I, I invite an expert like Daniel to have a conversation with us here on the podcast is because we're trying to find serendipitous, brand new kinds of thinking, put our two minds together, And we should be able to come up with something brand new, right? Not just rehash stuff that we already know. So our reward for (laughs) that kind of insight is uh, we play the bell and there's a ding right in the middle of the podcast. If we get to the end of the podcast and there there are no bells, well, then we play a buzzer. And the buzzer doesn't mean that we fail, capital F. (laughs) It just means that we didn't hit our particular uh, outcome that we wanted. We didn't get to the highest level of what, We hope to accomplish but chances are what we talked about was really valuable anyway so let me tell you a story before i introduce danielle sylvia owns a three million dollar company she's a hard worker and she takes takes her task management seriously just like lots of ceos she's an alumni of several training sessions with different experts she has spent thousands hiring coaches from a variety of disciplines But, inexplicably, for the last six months, things have only become steadily worse. The old complaint she used to have of getting to the end of the day, feeling as if she accomplished nothing of value, has returned. She hates it. But no matter what she tries, she finds herself distracted by a stream of annoying interruptions each day. She can't even breathe from 8 to 6 p.m. At the end of the day, she drags herself home, exhausted. She takes a nap, has dinner, picks up right where she left off, checking emails. The funny thing is, she can list half a dozen improvements she's trying to make at any moment in time. Or that she should be making. She has like a list, mental list. But she's afraid, unfortunately. If she can't continue leveling up and making improvements and doesn't get even better at her task management in her mind, She could be stuck forever. And for someone who is highly driven like a CEO, being stuck forever sucks. But what's she supposed to do? Try every app, idea, device, new practice that comes along until something clicks? Is she really? So let me introduce you to Daniel Bailey. Dedicated to people and results, Daniel Bailey aims to help peop- help find or produce useful, applicable, and cost-effective ways to bring practical efficiency to modern chaos. Daniel provides solutions for common business problems, for simplifying bookkeeping, payroll, benefits, and HR, to time management, process generation, prioritization, and implementation. And Daniel is dialing in all the way from North- North Oklahoma. Welcome, Danielle.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on today.
0: It's a pleasure to have you here on our podcast. It's, well, we're worldwide. We're on opposite, set. no, not quite opposite. I'm here in Kingston, Jamaica. You're there in Norman, Oklahoma. It's hot here. It's probably not hot there anymore, I don't think. Or
1: not so, not much. so much. I mean, it's not cold yet, thank goodness, but it's not hot anymore.
0: All right, great. So opening comments, what do you think about Sylvia and her case?
1: You know, I think that when we get to these certain points, and maybe we need to kind of look at ourselves, but when we get to the point to where we're going home and taking a nap, and then working again. So I I think we need to look at, you know, what we're doing throughout that day to figure out what got us to this level and then how to get to that next level, because there's obviously a plateau here that isn't working. So, and I think that's what we're going to discover today is how to move from one plateau to the next, ideally without trying every single idea, app, device, or new tip, trick, or practice that comes along.
0: Right. You know, this is kind of where coaches make a difference because coaches, coaches know better, right, than to have their coaches try everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. But not all of us can afford a coach. Mm -hmm. In the way, we're talking about how do you self-coach when you don't have 20 years of experience, when you don't have that background? So it's not, this isn't easy. This is not like the, you know, all you do is, and there's a simple solution to this, which is why. We're the ones to kind of tackle it today, right?
2: Yay. Right.
0: <laughs> We're the ones to tackle this particular file. So people like Sylvia, you know, if they're if they're really driven, if they're really sort of a little bit Type A, and they they're used mm-hmm. to making progress, um, they hit that this point, and it's really difficult for them because all of a sudden, the progress that they used to make becomes harder to make, and there's often a feeling of well you tell me what when you when you coach people what, what what happens when they call you and they've been they've been making progress they have like they can show you a whole track record of stuff that they've done all in the past and they're now facing something that is unique and and the, the old way of trying to solve it doesn't work what's that experience like for them
1: Well i mean surely they they wonder what's wrong with them right because we've gotten to this point ourselves somehow we've gotten here and they wonder what's wrong with them it's very defeating to be in a situation where it's obvious things aren't working mm-hmm. but we're still doing things and we're still getting the same results but we don't know how to measurably change mm-hmm. so i i do think that you know they lose self confidence there's something wrong with them sometimes we get so exhausted that decision fatigue sets in so even the idea idea of changing anything in their daily work life or even their daily home life but the idea of changing anything becomes so big because we're so fatigued on all this decision making throughout the day and running the little you know carousel all the way around you just keep going 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 around so right. I think for the emotional part there's just a lot of frustration and distress over this worked before something worked before to get me here right. but it's not working now.
2: Right. Right. And so people
1: and often come to me in that moment of you know there's come? there's something not working.
0: And how come? Cuz they can't they can't explain it. They can't explain right. it on their own. Well, right. When it comes to time, task management, though, most people don't have a coach, they don't have a Daniel in their life. They're really up to their own devices and they're mm-hmm. they're kind of muddling through. And they they because they've done prior improvements, they have a sort of a sense that there is an 80-20 in here somewhere. Right. That <laughs> make that small change, get this big result. But right. finding the 20 to give you the 80 is mm-hmm. like a huge headache. You know, I, I remember I used to I used to swim for triathlons and I, I was a really bad swimmer when I started training properly. And when I trained properly, I had all these huge gains in the beginning because I went from flailing to and, and having no stamina and doing everything wrong to the point where I you know I made some big changes from small, small changes, big results. But it became like impossible to get past the initial stage of improvement. That initial jump I made, I couldn't improve past that level, no matter what I tried. Mm. And I kept searching for like the you know the the secret way to hold my hand or the <laughs> the the way to breathe, you know, the, the just the right way to. I kept looking and reading and trying to find and I and trying to practice and I you know I never, I never could find that 20 to get to mm. another 80. But I, you know if i if i'd hired someone and said all right train me for, for six months i probably couldn't do that at the time and it was you know it was just a hobby it wasn't like i'm investing in being a world champion and mm-hmm. anything so i was like Psh. and it was fun to kind of you know fool around but it was also frustrating because mm-hmm. the answers just didn't really come simply and there were there was way more there were way more books describing swimming than there are task management so I could keep mm-hmm. I could keep looking and I could keep trying. Mm-hmm. And even today, it's a few things I saw in the last couple of years. And I haven't, I haven't done that kind of swimming for a long time. But, you know, they have new things to say and new insights. So it's there's more to try. But in mm-hmm. task management, there is like, we all do task management. It's not like something that only some of us do. We all do right. it. And there's like no common wisdom, Right. Right.
1: You know, I, I want to touch on something that you said there. You said, if I'd had a coach for six months, I might have been able to find that 20. Um, it's that outside point of view, I think, that is very helpful to, to watching task, man- task management behavior or any type of behavior when you're trying to get better at something. Sometimes that third party, the outside point of view is is really beneficial to seeing what you can't see. So I think maybe part of the problem here too is, is how do we look at our own businesses, our own task management systems, how we're feeling about the things that we get done and how do we create that outside perspective to decide what might work as far as getting that 80-20, right? So 20% of the effort yields 80% of the result, right? That's that Pareto principle thing, just kind of for definition for those folks that maybe we're a little confused about that. Um, Mm -hmm. So many people get lost, I think, in the interruptions, the nuances, the reactivity, the reactivity Mm -hmm. of the day. That is that productivity at that twenty percent. The twenty percent productivity would yield the eighty percent of the results. But we are so lost in the reactivity of our world. Um right. So I just thought I might. One, I didn't know you were a swimmer. That's pretty cool. But thought I might kind of bring that out. That yeah,
0: that's really important because when I when I when I when I would go to swimming lessons or swimming practice. So I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, I would have to prepare for it, and then I would swim, and then I would try and mm-hmm. understand what happened after. And I tried a couple of videos of myself. Um, mm-hmm. It was a discrete activity that took a certain part of the day. Task management is a, like, as you're implying, it's happening all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not like you can even say, okay, while I'm doing my task management practice today, then I'm going to because it, it's going on even while you're sleeping, you're coming up with new tasks. So this is not like it's a discrete activity. It's your entire 24, you're doing this almost 24 hours a day, at mm-hmm. least when you're somewhat conscious. So to step out from something that you're doing 24 hours a day, it's like asking you to pay attention to your breath all day. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> that, that's really hard to do. So that makes, I think what you're, what you're, getting at what you tell me but what i'm getting from what you're saying is that Mm -hmm. task management is one of those things that's really hard to step outside of Mm -hmm. because it's so much a part of our intrinsic way of living in the world there and there's so few resources you know the 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 nfl combine comes to mind um i don't know if you know what the you know what the combine is i could explain it it's a it's it's nothing fancy it's just a a big um, testing ground for new recruits into the NFL. Mm-hmm. They all go there to be tested at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, and they test them on their throwing and their running and their their body weight. They test everything that they could possibly test. And they get a book or a report at the end that, that they send to rec- uh, recruiters that tell them, okay, well, he's good in this. He's weak in that. He has superior arm strength in this. His ankle is a bit weak. All kinds of stuff. But the amount of data that gets gathered about your performance, your mm-hmm. potential performance as a football player is like a book. So in task management we have like we all do it and we all do it all day long and we have nothing compared to right. that body of knowledge and the outside the outside um, analysis that you get from something like an NFL combine where you have 30 experts. Mm-hmm watching you do these things and they're all like measuring down to the finest detail are using the latest science you know mm-hmm. it's really an amazing thing but compared to what we have we got nothing we got oh you know i forgot to do that thing last week oh well and that you know that could be a sign of something but most people are just like oh well so it makes it even harder for us to find the 20 cuz we don't really mm-hmm. see, we don't really know how to we don't have a method of stepping outside ourselves that's reliable is that is that kind of what you were getting at
1: well and i yes and i think there is a way to step outside of ourselves and that's looking back at what we've done um so a lot of people keep to do lists right task lists to do lists whatever they want to call it I prefer to keep a done list. So it's a snapshot backwards. So yes, my to-do list, when I get it done, right, I could check it off and move on. But I make a conscious effort to, to write down that I did it this specific day. Because I think that there's value in looking back at your behavior, what you've done and how you've done it. And if you're not logging how you're doing it or what you're doing each day, you can't go backwards and look. So I think Mm -hmm. that there's value in going back into your calendar and looking at what are the days? What were the meetings? How did you feel that day? Did you feel like you were successful or did you react all day long? So for the sake of what we're talking about, can we come outside of ourselves? Maybe not in the moment, maybe not today, maybe not right now. But we can look back and see what we've been doing and make some hopefully non judgmental. So, this is what I'll have my clients do. I actually have them look back at what they're doing. And if they haven't tracked anything, I will have them track forward. Like, so starting today, we're going to track two weeks and then we'll look back and we'll analyze what you did with no judgment, right? So, if you got on your phone and you played a game for three hours. Let's look at the fact that you got on the phone and played a game for three hours. That's fine. Why did we do it? What were we avoiding? Because that's an avoidance practice. What were we avoiding? What would we do differently if we could? So tracking what gets done each day and then actually looking back can be our way of stepping outside ourselves to be that third party per se. You just you can't right. come as Judgy McJudgerson on yourself because if you played a game for three hours, don't judge yourself for it. Figure <laughs> out how to change it, right? No Judgy McJudgerson's here. No
0: Judgy McJudgerson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want us to come back to, the, to the, um, the business of gathering data like that when we get into the mm. solutions aspect because Mm -hmm. i believe that this is sounding like a part of the solution i think we just earned our first ding because the the insight that hey the insight that task management is uniquely difficult and requires these non-everyday practices Mm -hmm. in order for us to in order for sylvia to move to the next level she's gonna have Mm -hmm. to move her behaviors to and her practices Mm -hmm. to another level because the without a coach and without A natural form of data just kind of flowing into your computer from somewhere. She's got to do something very different in her behavior. So we'll we'll talk about the solutions. But so when we when we check this, when we when we look at this at the solutions, we'll we'll sort of try and convert it to something that you can actually implement um, and use. It it may not be convenient. We you know many solutions are not just they don't just fall into your current habit pattern. They involve some brand new stuff. Um, but you know, there's a feeling in the background that this, and, and, and listeners, uh, viewers, listeners, podcasters, you may think that this shouldn't be that hard, and I agree. You know, Daniel, it, it, we should have NFL combine type stuff. We we should have thirty experts who we should have ways of of managing or, or giving getting feedback on where the twenty percent is,
2: mm-hmm. like
0: something like email, for example. So we're all, most of us, 99.9% of us are using email and we are suffering. We hate it. It's the worst part of the day. And the metrics that we get from email are like the number of unreads. And that's it. There's no information as to where to improve the way you manage your email. There's no standard approach. There's like, it's treated as if there's only one person in the world doing email. No, there's every single adult is using email and they're all complaining. And there's no input. There should, be, there should be organized, filtered ways to improve our task management, at least in areas like email, where we're, it's, already, it's already software. It's already being measured. And we should be getting feedback from our email system. It should be telling us every day, oh, by the way, today you did this, did that. You could improve this area. It would make your life much easier. Instead, we got nothing. So we we should be able to get to this 20% through the aid of software like email. Mm-hmm. But in general, there you may be having a feeling like, my God, this 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 is getting to this 20%, it, it really should be, it shouldn't be this uphill battle. It shouldn't be this kind of mystery business. It should be like swimming and it should be like football, it should be like other disciplines where progress is easy to easy to accomplish and there's lots of people who are focusing on the area they're coming up with a gazillion measures not like we're trying to do it for the first time but there is a feeling that i've never heard a podcast on this topic before daniel mm-hmm. I'm, this is the first one that i know of where we're even saying mm-hmm. hey well, guess what there should be there's 20 right and everybody goes yeah and then we say well what is it and then we all go quiet. <laughs> know right. it it's different for everybody. That's all we know. That's the state of the art. The 20% is different right. for everybody. And we wish there were an easier way to find out what your 20% is. But guess what? There isn't. I mean, we don't really have good news coming into this diagnosis here, Daniel, do we? You know, it's true. We, we really don't. But I think that... <laughs> um... <laughs> ourselves no
1: <laughs> I know right just give us the buzzer let's move on um no I I really think that you hit on something there with um you know it's different for everybody and I think that in like we talked about sports and swimming or in football or whatever there is a standardized measurement of success like mm-hmm. if you run this far this fast standardized mm-hmm. measurement of success mm-hmm. if you swim this far this fast Standardized Mm -hmm. measurement of success. Mm -hmm. But we as individuals haven't made a standard measurement for success for us. Mm -hmm. Right? Who we are. So Mm -hmm. who we are is going to be dependent upon what will work for us. Right? So I have clients that, you know, their superpower is ADHD. Who they are, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. their 20% is going to look different but we have to have a measure of success. So it feels like, whereas mm-hmm. we can't make an answer for the overall, for someone like Sylvia, the story that we talked about in the beginning,
2: mm-hmm. for
1: someone like her, it's, you know, what, would, what, it, what worked for her in the past,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what could work for her in the future that isn't testing everything because we don't have time for mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. there may be three or four different new apps that could help you.
0: hmm Could be.
1: But I mean. when I personally think of the amount of time it takes to learn a new app.
0: One.
1: Yeah. One. <laughs> I'm like, um. Just one. <laughs> what could we be what could we be doing with that time, right? We could be finding that 20% of that will create an 80% jump and get us off of this plateau. Um
0: I think so you're hitting me, something there because it goes, it, it it's actually, a. It, it, it probably, I think this deserves another bell, which is no measures of success because the, right. I hate to say it, but the measures of success that I use in my thinking or writing or podcasting or whatever, they're not measures of success. They're measures of failure. So we all mm-hmm. know. So one measure of failure is Daniel, I promised to send you the show notes within a week of the
2: mm-hmm.
0: podcast being done. And I don't send it mm-hmm. to you. No, that's a measure of failure, right? But that's a universal measure of failure. Whenever we promise to do something, whenever we commit to ourselves to do something or commit to someone else, same thing. But whenever we make an internal commitment to complete an action in the future and don't do it, that's a measure of Failure that everybody we can all agree on, right? So that's just one. Mm-hmm. But an email inbox of <laughs> pick your number ten thousand, thirty thousand, how many, whatever number of unread emails mm-hmm. is also a measure. Is also a measure of failure. Yeah,
1: like, right. I think
0: we could all agree that having that number of emails, um, unless they're filtered, unless it's, you're looking at your spam folder. If there is a possibility of there being an email in there, that 30,000, that could blow up your whole day, week, year, and you haven't gotten to it because you're not efficient enough at email, then we can all agree that that's a problem, that we don't want that. But but again, that's a measure of failure. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's not a measure of success. So maybe there's something in here that says that, we may have common measures of failure, but we have to work harder to get at measures of success. Mm-hmm. What do you think?
1: I don't know that we have to work harder. I think it's that you know humans, uh, we have something called the negativity bias. And I mean, it's where we steer to the negative yeah. almost instantly, right? So mm-hmm. we have to consciously... Move ourselves into positive thinking, positive behaviors, and so yes, I think that defining what a standardized, a standardized you know measurement of success for me, it, it, for me and my clients, it's all about alignment. So
0: what their commitment so, may be,
1: right? What their what their goal is, like whether it's the immediate goal or the full end goal or the retirement goal or whatever, right. um, it's aligning those activities.
0: Right. So that's it, a that, that implies success. that they need then a custom, a custom set of, and that's, that's probably part of the problem because if, if, if all you, if all you know, if all you're reacting to as a professional mm-hmm. in your task management is the failures,
2: the mm-hmm. ones
0: the kinds that i mentioned like the nagging right. kind of the things that you know your boss says you forgot to do it and you're gonna get you're, you're gonna i'm gonna put you on a warning or a suspension or whatever because you're not doing your mm-hmm. work you know if if, th- if that's all we have to rely on that's not enough to make steady progress in the way that sylvia needs it mm-hmm. that negativity bias keeps us it could keep us depressed Right. And it could get us giving up on trying to make improvements because we don't know mm-hmm. how to pull that magic trick that you you do with your clients to craft a individual pathway of success. We should talk about that in the solutions also and mm-hmm. how to do that.
1: Okay.
0: All right, we great, great. Um, so if, the, if this problem doesn't well, go... And, and go since ahead. you
1: mentioned email... Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Since you mentioned email so many times, I actually have a program that helps you manage email.
0: Like a training program or a a software? Yes,
1: it teaches you. Well, no, it's it's a manual system. It teaches you how to clean your email out and how to manage it in the future. Without deleting anything, because people get so weird about deleting emails. They're like, but what if I need it? You didn't need it from a year and a half ago. I don't know why you think you need it today.
0: (laughs) There is that. There is that there.
1: Um, So, no, I've created like it's a system that teaches people how to clean out their email and then how to manage it for the future. Because email is one of the most quoted things that stops people from getting the tasks done they think they need to do to move forward in their life and business.
0: Right. Right. It's like this, it's like for us, it it was easy to manage email when we got five emails a day. Right. And now we get 500 and we have no, we got nothing except struggle and guilt Mm -hmm. and, you know, pressure of looking at an inbox that has how many unreads and, Blaming I've heard people blame mm-hmm. other people, it's their fault. They don't have they're sending me all this unnecessary mm-hmm. stuff. They, they blame the email program, it's because Gmail doesn't filter properly, it's because mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's it's all their fault. But what can mm-hmm. I do about it? I really I don't know. <laughs> Where's my 20%? Huh? Mm-hmm. I, yep. I, we
1: Where's,
0: don't really it's have still
1: 20%. So. Right. Whereas for Sylvia, it's twenty percent when she's not checking email at
0: night. Right. Like, I hear you. Yeah. How does okay. she? Because she needs to. She needs to manage the email because her boss. I mean, there's there, there there are things that she needs to put in place, but she doesn't have a schema for doing it. So let's talk about that also. When we get to we have a list of things to talk about in the solutions. I mm-hmm. hope
2: you're keeping good track.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't skip over any of them. But for someone like a Sylvia. I've heard people say things like, "I don't want to get promoted because it's too much work at mm. the next level." No, I, I hear that, and I always wonder. I'm, I don't. I'm not sure exactly what they mean by too much work. I know they 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 realize that they only they have the same 168 hours. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think they're talking about not having to work on weekends, sick days, mornings, lunchtime, evenings. Um vacations, uh holidays. I, I think that's what they're talking about when when they say that. But mm-hmm. they, they get themselves stuck because in their mind, my task management is at this level, and there's no way to get it at a higher level. So that's it. I'm I'm done, I'm baked. Mm-hmm. I can't get to the next level. So someone like a Sylvia, her boss comes along and offers her a promotion and she's like, uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. or she looks at the people who have been promoted and they're dying. They're getting right. divorces. They're having heart attacks. They're stressed out of their minds. They have no life. And there's lots of that, especially with, with um, having with COVID having kind of given us a, a shakeup. You know, we look at people at higher levels and we think mm-hmm. that they're, they're having to manage, they're having to do more work or they're having to manage more tasks And the toll it takes on their life is one, the price that I don't want to pay. So I give up. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that also?
1: Yes. Yes. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's indicative also of poor company culture and not having measures in place Mm -hmm. that define what the roles really are because when people move up or when people think of moving up, they can only judge what the work will be based on what they have seen. And if the person that they have seen in that role takes on things that are not, that are outside of that role, because there's no clearly defined role, we're comparing Um, ourselves to something that doesn't actually exist because it's never been created Mm -hmm. because there's never been like a job description or a work instruction for Mm -hmm. that level of management. So it feels Mm -hmm. like it's poor management, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, poor organizational structure when Mm -hmm. you don't want people to move up or when people don't want to move up inside your company. It feels Mm -hmm. like poor organizational structure. And it also feels like Back to this problem, like if we're already at a loss of confidence, we're already exhausted, we're frustrated, we're disappointed, we can't, quote unquote, can't make the things that we're supposed to be doing now, how are we going to do it at another level? Mm-hmm. Well, ideally, the things are going to be different if you're at a different level. That doesn't necessarily mean the skills you you have won't move up. Mm-hmm. Um. Or change. So I don't know. That's a tough one for me because it reads into so many different levels of issues.
0: Mm -hmm. Like I know people, for example, they don't want to get promoted because to the first level of management, because they don't want people working for them. Because when people work for Mm -hmm. you, it means that if they don't do their job, you've got to do it for them. Which sometimes it's true. <laughs> and That's they're true. looking mm-hmm. they're looking at the people that they who report to them and they're like, uh-uh, that mm-hmm. you know, they they know what really goes on and they see who does work and who doesn't, and they make a you know, they make a mm-hmm. judgment and they say, I I don't I no, no, thank you. So they they, mm-hmm. they stop themselves, you know, from moving to the next level because they don't see that growth. You know, Carol Dweck talks about the growth mindset. They don't have a growth mindset mm-hmm. for their task management. It's something that somehow they know they do if you were to ask them. Mm-hmm. But most people, even if you ask them basic questions around, well, are you are you using less memory than you did a year ago and more of your system? They were like, What? <laughs> they, yeah. they, they haven't <laughs> even thought about that. You yeah. know, most not, not listeners to our podcast, because you're listening to a podcast like this. You've already started that journey, and you're trying to use as little mm-hmm. memory as possible. But in the real big world, it's like, what? What, what system? What, what do you mean? What system? Do I, it, it, they don't have answers for how do I make growth happen for myself. So the twenty, the 80-20 is, is, mm-hmm. is even beyond them, because they, they haven't even thought of the first the very first improvements they could make. But Mm
2: -hmm.
0: for folks who are listening to the podcast, they've they've probably gone through, like like Sylvia, several cycles of improvement. Mm -hmm. And they've tried different things and they're plugged into enough sources that they hear lots of suggestions, but they can't sort through, where do I begin and where do I start? But the truth is, I, I I don't hear a lot of people talking about this 80-20 business. It's right. not it's not a popular, you know, well-worn point of view. David Allen didn't put it in his book. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think if we were to dig into his, his words, he would probably imply that there are some improvements that are better than others. So I think everyone knows that. But he certainly didn't offer any advice as to, okay, do these improvements if you're mm-hmm. at this stage of your, you know, if you're like a Sylvia, do these improvements. There's no sort of
2: mm-hmm.
0: intelligent, you know, here's the kind of improvements that you make. Because you don't you don't give the same advice to Serena Williams as you do to somebody who's right. just beginning. Right. You know, they you don't say the same things. You you right. depending on the level that a Sylvia is at, a CEO. There's certain things that they've conquered in order to become CEO. Mm-hmm. As you know, when you coach somebody at that level, you don't give them entry-level advice because they're like, <laughs> I'm paying to hear what I heard oh, A Pay for what? <laughs> really? <laughs> A lot of CEOs are the kinds of people who got these things. They taught themselves these things in their teens, right? Because they were they tended to be high achievers and type mm-hmm. A and... They they got how much on the SAT and they were valedictorian mm-hmm. and they were class football this and captain of the that and the other and student council. You know, they they already had a lot going on when they were younger. So there are certain mm-hmm. things that they've already learned. And I've seen coaches get into trouble by giving CEO levels kind of basic advice and thinking I give everybody else that advice. It should be good for you too. Right. And right. they get it all right. I think it's like Medicine that uh, you know a broken foot is a broken foot. It doesn't matter who has the broken foot. It doesn't work that way, does it?
1: Right. It you know it, and it honestly again it goes back to I think who that person is because what steps have have we tried? You know if we're really trying to in if we're really trying to change twenty percent of our activity to gain eighty percent more. Mm-hmm you know what have we done? Mm-hmm. Um I think that's a big, you know Say more measurement about of success. Yeah, I think it's a, a big st- here we go. The standard measurement of success again. Mm-hmm. Um knowing what we've done is that measurement of success. It worked to a certain point. You know, they have that that saying, you know, every level have its has its devil, right?
0: Ooh the nice one. Thank you. Um every <laughs> level has its devil. I've never heard that right. before, but it's Perfectly applies to what we're talking about.
1: Yes. And so what worked for you? Well, you think when you're in this plateau area, right? When you're sitting here doing what we're doing, there should be an organized way to filter knowledge. You know, task management or task management improvement should be normalized. And we're sitting here and we're thinking about all these things. We need to think about what have we done that worked are we still doing it? Mm-hmm. Because there yeah. is one thing there, there's one thing that I feel is a huge problem when we're looking at task management, what we're doing every day. It's not just the alignment issues that I stumble across in my clients and colleagues and friends and family. It's in all of us. It's the so it's not just alignment issues, it's the we find something that works, we do it for a time, and then we revert back to what we've always done, for some reason, a stressor came into place. So maybe for Sylvia, who owns this $3 million company, maybe a stressor happened. She lost two employees. Right. So she felt the need to revert back to how she's always done it, whatever it is. And now she's at this level where she is going home, taking a nap, doing more work.
0: Right. 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 She, she probably made a promise to herself not to do email in the evenings, but now she finds that that's the only way that's that's the only, Mm -hmm. right. Which happens with a lot of, of high performers is that they, they get to the level where they don't need to work on weekends. They don't need to Mm -hmm. take off sick day to catch up. They don't need to do these things. And then all of a sudden their tasks, not all of a sudden, but their tasks keep going up the way they tend to in life. And they decide, no, I need to go back to stressing myself out because that's the only way I'm going to make it through. Right.
1: The only way I'm going to get caught up is if I work through the night. Oh my gosh, stop it. Like, yeah, stop it. Yeah, 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 now yeah. you've left yourself even more tired. You're not going to be able to yeah. function the following day. Like you've now negated every ounce of energy that you would have for the following day by working through the night.
0: You, and and then it becomes you a become habit.
1: ineffective after an hour and a half. Right, just stop. Right.
0: So sorry. And and it's tough to stop yourself when it, it kind of works the first time you do it. It works the second time, I and think then it's an
1: illusion. I don't think it actually works. I think it's an works. illusion of working. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's an illusion. Um, mm-hmm. because if it truly worked, it could be your twenty percent whatever it is right if it truly worked it would be giving you 80 percent of your results and it is not so it is a short-term illusion solution
0: right right i think there's a bunch of them floating out there because they don't have the measures of success that you talked about Mm -hmm. so you don't really know if that was the thing that worked so you might try yeah. these experiments, but you don't know that they're experiments. You're just desperately trying something. Right. And then because the something seemed to work in the lack of information and data that you have, so then you keep doing it and you say, okay, I need to keep doing this. I had a, I had a, uh, someone in a class once who, who was shocked to hear that it was a bad idea to try and keep all of our tasks in memory because she had it, that that was a sign of her success. Right, that so if she could remember all her tasks, then she was doing well. And mm-hmm. I said, "No, I said, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no." That's it's, it's the opposite uh, you know. Mm-hmm. No, she was she shocked. Be very disappointed as she ages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's life. just isn't gonna work out for her, you know. She gets promoted. She has kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She gets to, to. I'm fifty. How many? Six, six or so um, somewhere in there and I could see it I could thank goodness I and I'm committed to not use memory because certainly memory mm-hmm. isn't what it used to be and for, for tasks memory for tasks is even mm-hmm. worse than other kinds of memories because that's a short-term stuff I don't even need to, to remember the task for more than a few days mm-hmm. and trying to remember that way is just it's just astounding the kind of things that oh my god how did I forget to do that did I walk past the thing I was supposed to take as I went out the door and the thing was right there. I I stepped over it in order to get to the car to leave and I forgot it.
1: Well, I mean, half the battle's done. At least you got it there.
0: At least I got got it by the front
1: door. Yeah, I
0: I went to the front door. (laughs) No other way to get out of the house. (laughs) So at least I, you know. Half the battle
1: sometimes, you know, getting the thing by the door and getting yourself by the door, two at the same time. That's a big, big step.
0: Right, right, right. Now, my thought is that that if we can give someone like a Sylvia uh, Mm -hmm. a 20%, you know, a clue as to how to find the 20%, then Mm -hmm. the future might not be as fearful. Right. Uh, It might might go back to being rosy. You know, when you're... Mm -hmm. School is really... School really does kind of lull us into that when I get to the higher grades, then I'll be able to, because everyone is in the higher grades. So you can Mm -hmm. see, you know, you're in kindergarten. As you look forward, there's 12 more years of, and if you add college to that, there's years of just kind of following the yellow brick road. And it's nice and laid out for you. (laughs) And it's nice, right? It's easy. And then we get to our first job post-college. And all of a sudden it turns into like Merck. Because mm-hmm. not all over the place, and all of the clear, nice, clear markers that we had have gone away. All the feedback disappears. All of the the, the measures of success, Oh, money, well, mm-hmm. that works for a while, and then money. Oh, I'm sure that's really mm-hmm. that's not really quite it. But we don't know how to manage ourselves as human beings who how create challenges for ourselves you know we don't hold to gamify or somebody gamified mm-hmm. school at some point and then they gamified college and then they kind of sort to tried to gamify careers and it didn't really work mm-hmm. so well. and Now we're kind of like and certainly task management isn't gamified it's just kind of all vague so we're we're right. we're left not really having this thing to look forward to to kind of pull us forward the way the guys in the NFL combine are all looking to become multimillionaires yeah. back during the NFL, we don't really have that. We don't have an Olympics to kind of, you know, look forward to. Um, but if we could get to the twenty percent, if 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 we if we could, if we if you had the idea of okay, here, a brand new book, the twenty percent, and how to find it,
2: Woo.
1: right,
0: ways to continually improve your task management so that you never get stuck in any one place. If you could write that book, it could be really uh, popular for people who. That's a good title. You should
1: write that down. That's a good title.
0: Uh, that's why we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, <laughs> know where that came from, but <laughs> it probably woke up again. But <laughs> but you know, it's it's it could give people hope that are mm-hmm. really high performers. That and while it's true that you know Serena Williams has to she has to approach a problem in her game or used to have to approach a problem in her game very differently than a beginner would. You know, mm-hmm. totally different approach, totally different level of thinking, different devil, looking for a mm-hmm. very different devil because she's at a whole nother level. She could still have hope if she had mm-hmm. a process. And my sense is that mm-hmm. there is, for those top top anythings in, in, in any field, is that to get to that top field, they have to have that, they have to have their own 20% approach. Right. Otherwise they don't get there. What do you, what do you think Mm -hmm. of that in general? Is that accurate?
1: I do. I I definitely think that's accurate. I, you know, um, back to the coaching of each person is going to be back to the, who each person's going to be different. So, and we're going to be different at each level. So some of those 20%, you know, 20% of your efforts will yield 80% of the work. I think some of it will actually bleed over, but Say I do think there's that. going to be like a, a step, a, you know, a, a stair step that you're going to have to make, you know, intermittent changes as you, as you go up um, in your levels
0: right 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 for example back to serena williams i just i just watched the 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 williams movie the richard williams movie um i forget what it's called but fascinating movie but he he had to fire coaches along the way
2: yeah.
0: and you know he he had, he had a point of view that the coach works for me mm-hmm. while he was managing his daughter's career And I imagine that they had to get to that point also, because there's there's a way in which if you hire a coach or if you have a coach, the idea is listen to your coach.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Everybody knows you're supposed to do that. That's what good people do. They listen to their coach. But to get to the highest level, I imagine there's a point at which you say that coach isn't the right one. So you're, Mm -hmm. you're thinking beyond the coaching and you're saying, I need a different coach. So you're you're you you're now taking charge of your feedback and you're you're looking for a different way of getting that feedback. Understanding that feedback is important, but you're not getting it from that person anymore. You're gonna get it from somewhere else. So you're the right. one that, so that's a skill, for example, that could get you out of the 20%. Sorry, get they you help. to the twenty percent. Mm-hmm. And out of the 60, because if you listen to the same coach and the same coach and the same coach and the same coach, and that coach doesn't really grow and doesn't change his or her point of view over time as you rise the, through the levels, right. then you really easily get stuck because that coach keeps telling right. you what to, to do the same thing. You keep doing it and you get stuck. So you never, ever get to the next level. So right. Maybe that's a part of it is being willing to, and maybe this is getting into solutions now changing the f- source of your feedback from right and the source of the, the the either direct feedback or let's talk about the indirect feedback but maybe the mm-hmm. changing the source of your feedback is a ding also a bell right because it i have never thought that thought right. before but mm-hmm. it, it could be a part of your progress if you follow right. the so let's get to the let's get to the one that you mentioned about um, setting your own. Setting your own success measures,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and right. Can you give us some insight as to how that can be done with in the area of task management? Um, and sure. How you've done that with your clients?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know creating a standardized measurement of success for yourself has to do with goals, right? The goal setting is a huge market. I mean, you could probably Google goal setting, and you get you know millions of hits and results and articles and things like that. But we don't know that we have been successful unless we meet a goal of some sort. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had a goal in, I set a goal in 2019 to record one webinar a month for 2020. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was the goal. That was the measurement of success. So if I wasn't working on you know, the tasks that needed to be done to execute one Mm -hmm. webinar a month per Mm -hmm. month for 2020, Mm -hmm. then there's my measurement of success. I was not doing those tasks.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I know that when I do those tasks and I break, you know, I break, you know, having 12 webinars is a big goal. You break it all Mm -hmm. the way down. You reverse engineer everything Mm -hmm. that you need to do all the Mm -hmm. way down to Mm -hmm daily, weekly, monthly tasks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, if you execute that daily task,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because it's mm-hmm. in line with your success measurement,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. We just have to do one task after another.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the standardized measurement of success starts with the goal. hmm Right. And then reverse engineering all of those tasks all the way down to that. I call it reducing tasks to the ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I know that the goal is, you know, I actually have a client. Her goal is um, to create a masterclass.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. We need to reduce that down to the ridiculous. I mean, We need to outline ideas. Mm -hmm. Well, Danielle, I have the idea. No. Mm -hmm. Outline ideas. Because then the second masterclass might actually come out of that
2: Mm -hmm. basic
1: Mm -hmm. idea outlining session. Just that Mm -hmm. that very basic action. Mm -hmm. And then as we move forward and we do these tasks, we know that we are in line because we've reverse engineered all the things that we need to do. Mm -hmm. So that Uh for me is what I mean as a standardized measurement of success. It's going to be different for Mm -hmm. each person, Mm -hmm. but it's a goal that we can reduce the tasks to the ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And we can know every single day when we complete this, Mm -hmm. We're going to have success. We just have to complete mm-hmm. the task. Mm-hmm. So that's a,
0: that's a good one. That's a really good one because the 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 you're tying you're tying a few things together, which are are so unique to my ear. Which is that you've got to devise your own. Well, let we back up and say, given that one size doesn't fit all, and mm-hmm. given that. Given that there's a different devil devil for it's. I love this one. I'm gonna use this forever. It's a different yes. devil for every level. Oh, that's like the best. Given that, therefore, you must create your own success mm-hmm. measures. So your are it forces you to create your own. Mm-hmm. When you create your own measures and and have some discipline in or some method of automatically being measured or it gathering however whatever the feedback is that tells you that Mm -hmm. it's being measured Mm -hmm. you then go back and figure out the tasks that produce that outcome Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and now you can measure and track those Mm -hmm. so you go from Mm -hmm. the high level and you backtrack as i think you use the word backtrack
1: reverse engineer
0: reverse Mm -hmm. engineer You reverse engineer the outcome into its component tasks, Mm -hmm. and then you can manage the task on a daily basis. I have a, I have have an example of that in my own life. Um, so I write a column for the newspaper here in Jamaica, um, productivity column and strategy, both, I've done it for 10 years and I've only, I've been only late on a deadline once.
1: Mm, Wow.
0: Like I I do it every two weeks. So that's 10 times 20 260 or there about columns and one day i was a day late it was a, a anyway it was a da, 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 problem problem but i and i got a call and this is the first time and only time they've ever called to say what's up <laughs> i think it, I, my deadline is on a thursday and this was friday and they were like it comes out on sunday so they were like what's up <laughs> where's your where's your column and I said, oh, it's already done. I just, I just want to have somebody um, look at it before sending it over. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's just waiting. Okay, okay, all right. Well, as soon as you have it, send it. just want to make sure that nothing had happened. And that it happened the one time, and I made sure ne- never to want it to happen again. But the the feedback that I get from the entire activity is my article comes out on Sundays on, in the newspaper. So every Sunday I open the newspaper, I look for the article that I wrote. Mm-hmm. And it's the... And even to this day, I still feel a little bit nervous. I shouldn't, right? <laughs> it's been 10 years. <laughs> but it's always it. like, you know, did they, did they accept it? Right. Of course they accepted it. It's 260 <laughs> times they've accepted it. They never they never even questioned anything I've written, which I don't understand because I think so. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I open the paper and I'm always like, oh my God, did it come out this time? <laughs> so I have that feedback. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't control. I don't measure whether it comes in the newspaper or not. Right. So there's there's that. I don't know if it's going to. There's at least a little bit of question whether it's going to come mm-hmm. out or not. And I, I open the paper and I look. So there's that external measure, that success measure.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
0: to accomplish that result, I I, I have a routine. And I, to reverse engineer, as you said, I send it by lunch lunchtime or so on a thursday mm-hmm. um i revise it on the wednesday i revise mm-hmm. it for about an hour to half an hour rise it on the tuesday and i draft on either monday morning or sunday night mm-hmm. so it's like stone mm-hmm. in my mind and those are the i know they're 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 in my schedule they're time blocked completely and and in the background during you know every other day or every moment of every day. I'm writing down ideas from future columns. So I have a long list of mm-hmm. a backlog of ideas for future columns. Mm-hmm. And probably some of what we talked about is gonna, this it, devil business is gonna make it into a column. <laughs> I can promise you that this, that one is such a good one. I'm like, oh boy, I wanna give my readers that one so that they can stick that one in their heads and keep it, that mm-hmm. one's gonna make it. But I capture all the ideas, you know, so mm-hmm. I have a backlog of ideas. I'm not short of ideas. I, I can keep, I could stop now mm. and keep writing. But it—it. It, I'm trying to illustrate the outcome, the reverse engineering, mm-hmm. and the actions that I could take each day. Because if I get to Tuesday, right. and this has happened before and I have nothing, I'm now <laughs> in a problem. Or if I have scheduled something on Thursday where I can't mm. send my article, I need to send the article mm-hmm. on Wednesday, then I need to change something up. So I'm aware yeah. when it's off. I'm very mm-hmm. aware when it's off. My wife does my editing also, so she's aware too. She's, you know, she's she's like, "Where's my article? Where's Where's the article?" Because mm-hmm. she does the last edit on Thursday morning. She's my sanity check. So mm-hmm. she wants to know, you know, where's the article? You know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you haven't sent it to me yet. I don't know what's the so? When I'm off, I can tell. So mm-hmm. that's a good ex- maybe a good example of what you're talking about of the reverse the mm-hmm. uh, outcome the reverse engineering the mm-hmm. activities and the metrics. Right. And I think what you're uh, seeing proposing is that that method could be applied by someone like a Sylvia.
1: Right. Right. She could create whatever that measurement of success is, whatever that goal is, reverse engineer it to the tasks to be done daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever. and, we know if we've completed that task, we are going to reach that success. And so something else that you just alluded to, well, you didn't really allude to it. You actually said it, but not in these words is the lead and lag indicators. You know, the lead indicators are your actions. The lag indicators are your results. Guess which one you don't control your results. You don't control your lag indicators And so oftentimes people like Sylvia, people like who don't want to be promoted, some of the things that we've talked Mm -hmm. about today, they are trying to control their results. And that's why they're reacting. And that's why they're doing all of these things. They're not controlling their actions. Mm -hmm. And it's the actions where that 20% of your actions yields 80% of your results. Those are the things that you control. But we're wondering, did, you know, Did they, did they publish my, did they publish my article? Yeah. That's the result that you can't control. Mm -mm. You can't control that result. Um, Did, you know, did this client of mine create a masterclass? That's the, that's the result. We don't know. She doesn't control that. She only controls that action. And so I think that that was interesting of in that, that conversation of how we just, even let into your actions, create your results, but you only control your actions. You don't control your results. And very interesting. I, feel, I feel like a lot of people at each level are wanting to control their results without controlling their actions.
0: I believe you're right. Um, and I, I I suspect this is going to be another podcast, episode because we're at we're at the end of our I don't know what happened to the time. Don't know what happened. We're mm-hmm. like this is like an hour. <laughs> is, we're like we're we're because the 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 next episode of our time together will probably we could we could focus on this notion that you just introduced of results mm-hmm. creating results outcomes that you can't fully control. And have have that be the, because the, you want to have some kind of independent results, you know, like in sports. That's, that's what makes sports sports, is that you can, you're in a game in which the outcome is not completely under your control. It's due to the other players, it's due to other things. But that's what makes it the thing interesting, right? If it's all under your control, then it's not interesting. Well, measurement, not
1: measurement makes it interesting.
0: Right, but she you can measure the things or, that you have that under control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those things are boring. You know, those things are like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, I can, yeah, I've gotten that. Once you've gotten to a particular level, it becomes less interesting. I mean, that's, that's a part of why the level,
2: my mm-hmm. the
0: level, the, the level and the level is mm-hmm. is is interesting because once you've once you've become accomplished at a particular activity, even if it used to be uncertain. Mm-hmm. So I could say that when I started out writing, following the schedule that I now follow was very uncertain. And I would mm-hmm. do it haphazardly. And it, it took time and it took skill. And it took task management and my schedule and getting my wife involved to nail it to where it is right now. So that it's no longer, it's something I can control now. But I never used to be able to control it. So when I started off in the beginning, just... Drafting on a Sunday was like a big accomplishment. Mm -hmm. So my level has changed. The the output remains the same. But I still have to be in the game of reverse engineering. It's just I I actually reverse engineer in a different way by using a program that analyzes my writing. So I never that wasn't invented 10 years ago. But I, I hit a particular button and it tells me how readable my article is. And this is on Thursday, and I do this. It's very useful, you know. It was just invented a few years ago, but it gives me an idea of, of the quality of my article in terms of its readability. So, the game for me mm-hmm. has changed, the, the nature of the game has changed. The outcome remains the same, but the nature of the game for me has now changed. I just realized that as you said it, and it's changed because. I don't know what that program is gonna come back with. I, I absolutely can't, I don't know how to control it. Frankly, I don't agree with it sometimes. I fight with it and I complain and it's, you're wrong and I dismiss it sometimes. So there's a back and forth business here, but when I click measure the readability, I want it to say, congratulations, your article is easy to read. Right. I, right. Want, I want that thing and I want I'm like, yeah, I want. Yes.
1: But there's Now there's a measurement of success. That's another measurement of success for you. Exactly Even in the success. process.
0: In the process, right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But hmm. So I think we've made some ground here. I I, I know because I know there's a, there's another there's another episode for us to, to book. So don't go too far away, Miss <laughs> Daniel Bailey, because okay. we'll be picking up where we left off here to talk about measures of measures of success and the nature of measures of success. Because I think I think you you've come at this from the point of view that we can't talk twenty eighty if we don't know what the measures of success are. Right. So we've kind of got to go to the foundation of this thing. Right. And get and unfortunately, as you said, they're different for each person. So we're talking mm-hmm. we're trying to get our, our listeners to figure out their own measures of success in their task management. And once they do that, then 2080 makes, makes more sense. Right. Well, that's amazing. Um, Boy, so, Daniel Bailey, where can people get a hold of more of your wisdom?
1: Yes, perfect. So, um, my website, DanielleBailey.com, that is D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-B-A-I-L-Y, Com, there is a consultation button right there on that home screen, and you can just click on that. We can have a chat uh, and get to know each other a little bit better and you know where what level you are at. And if there is an opportunity for um, some of my classes or content or webinars or tips or consulting can actually help uh, these busy, overwhelmed, overworked entrepreneurs and business owners who just really want to connect with themselves and even their interpersonal relationships better through time management, process generation, prioritization, and implementation. So there's that schedule consultation button right there on my website, daniellebailey.com, and I love to chat with people and get to know them.
0: Great! I can recommend, guys, this is not just a matter of calling up somebody who's really bright, smart, has lots of solutions, and can think on the fly. Daniel is also fun to talk with. So I can I can tell you. It's like it's like you get the brain part and you get the fun part. And Thank you. talking with her is so special. Daniel, thanks for thanks for joining us. And guys, keep listening. I'm gonna tell you some more about our upcoming shows and some other details. Show isn't quite over, but thanks again to Daniel Bailey for joining us.
1: Thank you, Francis.
0: virtual summit here's a 25 percent instant saving on your purchase of any ticket or content package simply visit timeblockingsummit.info slash subscribe to podcast and here's a clip from our next episode with Dr. Breck Atkins because at least in the story
2: that's the first book she read or that's the first thing that she uh, began to acquaint herself with so what if there was another book another system that she had developed. And
1: that's what I found when I got into this. I would get this book and I'd go, oh, this is the best thing. There's sliced bread and there's this, and it's the best thing, it's sliced bread, as the expression goes. And then I would look at another book and I would go, wait a minute, this book is different than this book. Which which one is right? What am I supposed to do? And I would say, well, I have to clearly toss out this one because I've now read this one. And I would bounce around
2: from system to system. And I said, there's got to be a better way. And
0: if you want to leave a comment about this episode or any aspect of the work that we're doing here at the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, you can go over to www.replytofrancis.info and send me either a message uh, by text or send me a voice message, a voice note. And as you probably know, we have a couple of places that you can interact with other people, talk about this episode. One is at the community mightytaskers.scheduleu.org and you'll see the link in the show notes and the other of course is our upcoming task management and time blocking summit coming up in March two outstanding opportunities to interact with other people about the ideas that you've heard on this podcast or any of other episodes that are coming up and if you'd like to support the work we're doing I invite you to click on the Patreon link below to make a donation And please don't forget to like our show and recommend it to others on iTunes, Stitcher, Google or whatever podcast, app or service you're using. This is Francis Wade, I'm signing out. I hope to see you on a future episode and until then, take care and all the best. See you later.